Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. National Signing Day. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us alongside Brian Haydad. I'm Richard Cross. Michael Borky is off for the rest of the week, and that means that Will East is sitting in the big chair in Studio X. We're glad to be with you at the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Visit them online at pearlriverresort.com to learn more. We'd love to hear from you, your thoughts on National Signing Day. As we uh, go through the show this afternoon on the Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Don't forget, gifts from Ceasefire are gifts that will please everyone, because who doesn't love a new device or an accessory for their devices? Ceasefire.com, you can shop online or you can stop by your local Ceasefire store. Good afternoon, Brian Haydad. Hello, Richard Cross. Good afternoon, William East. Good afternoon, Richard Cross. Are you actually William or William? Not? William Craig East. Ah, <laughs> uh, great to uh, great to be with you, fellas. Look at Will looking all dapper in his V-neck sweater today. Professional Professor East there. Yeah, his office hours are twelve thirty to twelve forty-five on Wednesdays. That's all you can find. Him. He, he left the tweed coat hanging on a hanger on the, uh, yeah. the rack on the back of his door. The pipe. He's got a pipe around there somewhere. Yeah, you don't see many people, you know, smoke the old tobacco pipe anymore. You, you don't. Oh well, no, they all vape. Yeah, they all vape. A lot of vapors out there. <laughs> yeah. Could, could you get a, a vaping yeah. device that looks like a, a pipe? I'm a sure pipe? you can. I am I, certain I, I'm sure you can. That. I feel like I should specify a tobacco pipe, like the old school, yes. old man, silk robe tobacco pipe. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, those, I mean, I'm sure they're still out there. They don't make, don't they don't see many people. Yeah, they, they're now. still out there. No. Will, could you get away with smoking a pipe in the office, or you would get in trouble? No, you get in trouble for that now. I don't think you can any tobacco smoke. I don't think that's allowed anywhere. But my dad used to smoke uh, a pipe, and he had a collection of them. And I always thought that was that's when you become a man, right there. But uh, doctors would say no. That's have, not, have you become a man no, yet? No, or I no? have not. It's no. I was around one not can too you, long ago, actually. Um, a man. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody's smoking a pipe, and uh, they stink. They smell bad. Yeah. Yeah, they do. <laughs> it's terrible. Adam and Monty. Can you vape says, in the office? Can you can you push out that sad cloud of blueberry muffin smelling smoke? Can you do and, that legally? I don't know. I don't know. I'm asking you. Where's HR know. when you need her? Hmm. Adam and Monticello says there's an older gentleman at my work that smokes an old school tobacco pipe. Okay. Uh, Dwayne wants to know why Will is not wearing genteel. I mean, gosh, Will, get with the. I don't program. have the. I don't have the same deal these guys have. Okay. <sighs> They're on you, camera every day. I'm just a you know. But but most days you're in genteel at the office as well. I'm just a caveman. Now, your laws <laughs> frighten me. Uh, more people are on the meth pipe. The oh, geez, come on. Come you got to read the text before you say the text, Richard. You got you got to start doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You and Borky are the kings. So let me just read whatever the unwashed masses send us. You got to go through it first. A little hey, fine Dad. tooth comb. Hey, Dad. What if I actually did read it and then read the text online and then pretended like I didn't read it just to get a reaction out of I you? Don't, I don't think that's what you did. I don't believe mm. that. I, I saw meth, and so I decided to proceed <laughs> with caution, but I'm not sure I proceeded with enough caution. Uh, that's a promo point. right there. Let me write down this time. Let's see. Uh, what did you just say? Yeah, let's let's not <laughs> say that. Let's not. I carved a pipe from cherry wood and bought some smoking tobacco. Didn't really like the flavor, so I hung it up. I appreciate the effort, though. On uh, it takes. But that guy's study smells of rich mahogany. Mm, probably so. Many leather-bound books. Probably. I, I have a uh, I have a friend who lives in the Greater Jackson area. They bought a house, and his office in the house actually has a ventilation system in it. Um, it's like this really cool wood-paneled office, and it's got like a like a raised bookshelf around the top. It, so, I mean, it looks like an office where somebody would smoke a cigar or smoke a pipe. His wife said, no, we're, we're not going to get that ventilation system working. There, there shan't be any smoking in the house, regardless of ventilation. But, uh, you know. Uh, I don't think many people do that anymore. I don't think there's not a, lot, a whole lot of smoking inside. Um, was was it smoking in Starkville today? Was it smoking in Oxford today? National Signing Day? It was not a great transition. I tried. It just didn't really Were work. Were the fax machines smoking, you know, from all the national yeah. letters of intent coming in? Were there smoke signals coming up from, from ah, various recruits? We're trying. I'm still not sure we're succeeding, but we uh, we are trying. Hey, Dad, let's start with uh, with Mississippi State's signing class today. Give me the highlights. I think the the biggest highlight for me, and this is the I think the second maybe second year in a row, and, and three of the last four. Uh, no drama, no drama at all for Mississippi State. The guys they expected to get, they got. The only uh, surprises a weren't really surprises, and b. Uh, were, were of the positive variety. State uh, flipped a kid that was committed to Florida Atlantic, uh, who was being committed, who was being recruited by their new cornerbacks coach Corey Bell. Uh, they expect a, another uh, commitment a little later tonight from a kid currently committed elsewhere. We have been asked to keep that under wraps. Some of us have have stuck to that. Some of us have not. I'll right. be one that sticks to it. And. Right. Uh, Beyond that, though, I mean, they got the guy, everybody they expected to, to get in, uh, be a, be it from the portal or from, for the signing class. 
Uh, J.J. Harrell, the, sort of the ringleader of this class, the receiver from North Panola, uh, came in right before Jeff Levy's uh, press conference started. Uh, Jimothy Lewis, great name, by the way, Jimothy. Uh, four-star offensive lineman out of IMG, but previously out of MRA. Uh, Do you think that was actually what they intended to name him, or was there like poor penmanship on the birth certificate? How, 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 how and went with it. On Jimothy, I think I think they went. I think they went with Jimothy. I think that was. I mean, you could it. see how it might be a T because some people. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you got a fancy T. You do a fancy T, and it could look like a J. There's no question. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, if, if nobody corrected him after 18 years, I assume his name is just Jimothy at that point. I want to uh, go by Jim. Yeah, make yeah. it easier. Yeah, let me let me rip through the names for Mississippi State, and you tell me if I'm off on anybody. JJ Harrell, who you mentioned just a second ago, Tyler Woodard. Okay, JJ Harrell out of North Panola. Uh, Tyler mm-hmm. Woodard is a uh, Memphis kid out of Freedom Prep. Brandon Jennings out of Jacksonville, Florida. MCC uh, via EMCC, and there were what three East Mississippi guys that Mississippi State. Yeah, Woodard, uh, Woodard, linebacker Marcus Ross, and defensive lineman Ashton Shepard. Uh, Jennings, the linebacker you just mentioned, uh, Heinz Community College uh, player. Michael Van Buren, the uh, quarterback from Bowie, Maryland. I believe that's Prince George County, right out of the outside of the Washington D.C. area. What is that? That's the Van Buren boy sign. <laughs> uh, Jimothy Lewis, who we talked get about that. just a moment ago. Will didn't uh, get it. Will got it. Mike Richard didn't get it. Yeah, Going up. Sh- shocking, right? Shocking. I know. Johnny Daniels, Crystal Springs, Mississippi, Ja'Cory Witted from uh, McCalla, Alabama, one of the tight ends. And how, how many tight ends did they end up with? Three. Three of them. Uh, yeah, they need them. Xavier Gayton, uh, an athlete out of Brookhaven. Terrence Hibbler out of Lexington, Mississippi, originally. Was he? That's, he's still there. Okay. I just couldn't remember Holmes if he County was one of the junior college guy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No. So it was straight from Home County Central. Uh, Ashun Shepard from Lewis. He's a junior college guy. Okay. He's a uh, Juco guy. Mario Craver, wide receiver out of Pinson, Alabama. He's not a big guy, but there are people that are excited about Craver. Fast, speed. Something state, state's been lacking in, in recent years. Fred Clark out of Winona. TJ Lockhart. Fat. Also from Winona, Fat Clark, P-H-A-T, Fat Clark. or just F-A-T? No, just just like good old F-A-T. Um, which is interesting for a guy that's 6'2", 245, and is chiseled and plays linebacker. Yeah, but, but you'd no. think he'd be a tackle, but he's not. One one would think. Uh, T.J. Lockhart from uh, Winona, Luke Work, an offensive lineman from Lausanne in Memphis, Kai McClendon out of Gulfport, he's a defensive lineman, uh, good size there, 6'3", 290. Elijah Cannon, a corner from uh, Pompano Beach, Florida. Cyrus Reyes from uh, Katy, Texas. He's a safety. Marcus Ross, who Haydad mentioned just a moment ago, a linebacker in this class out of Bassfield in Jefferson Davis County. Uh, Jatavius Johnson from Hooks, Texas. Matt Mayfield from somewhere in Louisiana. No. No, That's didn't that didn't happen? No. Weren't expecting him either. Okay. So that's just one that was on the commitment list but is not part of the class. San Francisco McGee is expected to sign later, in February? In February. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about these other guys? Uh, Karsten Upchurch, yes? I think he's a PWO. 
Okay, preferred walk-on there out of Starkville. Uh, Kedrick Bingley-Jones is the transfer, transfer from North Carolina. We'll hold off on the transfers for now and uh, just go with the commitments and the signees from today. We'll look at Ole Miss's list when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. Sports Talk Mississippi. You know I love sports. On Super Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk, Mississippi National Signing Day. I feel like it's cliche to say this at this point, but it, it just feels so different than it used to when it was uh, February. Hey, did, did you realize that today, December 20th, 2023, National Signing Day, do you know what December 20th, 2024 is? There will be playoff games. Um, there will be college oh. football playoff games on December 20th. 2024. Are we going to have National Signing Day and college football playoff games in the same week? Yeah. Unless That's a nightmare. The calendar, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, I mean, but are they going to do that? I don't. I don't know. I do not know. I mean, can you imagine being a coach of one of the teams that's playing in a playoff game? You wake up. But I guess it wouldn't be the exact same day. It's just the same day on the calendar. But it's like you wake up and you're like, all right, let's do this National Signing Day thing. All right, I'm good, good, good. We got a practice plan ready to go. All right, we got a game in uh, two days. Let's, um, whew. yeah. Be a lot. Yeah. It'll be a lot. Yeah. So we walk through the names on Mississippi State's commitment list. We will, uh, we will go deeper into, uh, those guys and kind of talk about some of the highlights as we move through the show this afternoon. We'll do that with Southern Miss coming up in a little while as well. Luke Johnson going to join us in the 4 o'clock hour. We'll talk about National Signing Day for Southern Miss. Also may take a peek ahead to this Saturday when Southern Miss basketball will be on the coast in Biloxi at the Mississippi Coast Coliseum to take on Ole Miss just two days before Christmas. That is December 23rd. So uh, we'll get into that coming up a little bit later. Also, Zach Barry will uh, join us to talk uh, Ole Miss's signing class that's coming up uh, in the next segment of the show. Here are the names. Uh, Cam Franklin, uh, Camarion Franklin out of Lake Cormorant in northwest Mississippi, DeSoto County area. Well, DeSoto County. He is the number one ranked player in the state of Mississippi by on three and by rivals. 24-7's got him as the number three ranked player in the state. ESPN has him as the number two ranked player in the state. Uh, five stars from Rivals. The other three services have him as a four-star defensive lineman. Anyway you slice it, he is a really good player. And I think a lot of people thought the most important player in the state of Mississippi in this recruiting class. I mean, I guess it depends on what position you're talking about. But in terms of high school guys making the transition to college, one of the things that stands out for me, hey, Dad, and we'll see it more as we go through this list, we saw it some with Mississippi State's list as well, had a lot of the the guys that were the best players in the state of Mississippi that chose to stay home in the state of Mississippi. Now, it's not everybody, but you had a bunch that, that certainly did that. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit yesterday after you were out, that if you look at the, the, the top 20 players in the state, Alabama only got one. I mean, and normally they come over here and get a couple of guys. I'm sorry, Alabama didn't get any this year. Not any this year. LSU only got one. 
the uh, the defensive back PJ Woodland out of Oak Grove. Auburn got one, Florida got one, but for the most part, yeah, Mississippi did a good job of keeping the top talent at home this year. So Cam Franklin uh, out of Lake Cormorant, Deion Smith originally from Jackson is uh, it's been a little bit of a, an odyssey for him, the wide receiver. Uh, coming out of the junior college ranks, highly sought after. William Eccles, the defensive lineman from Houston, Mississippi, 24-7 actually has made a change to their rankings recently, and they've got him as the number one player in the state. He's a consensus top eight across all of the services. So that's two pretty important pieces out of high school on the defensive line when you look at Cam Franklin and William Eccles, and then you look at Cam Beavers as well, Cameron Beavers out of Bay Springs, Mississippi, uh, also a consensus top eight player in the state. This is where this year feels different. I mean, if we're just being completely honest, that's three players where in years gone by, Mississippi State probably would have gotten two, if not all three of them, on the defensive line. Clearly Ole Miss made uh, the elite defensive linemen at the high school ranks in state a priority in this particular recruiting cycle. Yeah, and then I think it's obvious that the addition of Pete Golding probably played a large role in that, a guy who's coached a lot of NFL defensive linemen. Uh, be able to have that on your resume, that, that, that's a good selling point uh, for Ole Miss. So, yeah, good job by the Rebels to get those guys in. Cedric Beavers, the corner out of Taylorsville, Mississippi. Raymond Collins, he was a Juco guy. Um, and kind of wait and see where they end up slotting him. Marquise Willis from Roswell, Georgia, is a wide receiver. Uh, Travaris Banks, a safety out of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. He was a uh, three of the four services, had him as a four-star. 24-7 had him as a three-star. Jeffrey Rush, defensive lineman out of Pascagoula. Um, <laughs> Noriel White, uh, out of out of Ocean Springs, ultimately signs with Ole Miss. This is one that um, it, it, it has had some, some drama. Over the uh, if I not, not just over the last couple of days, but over the last several months, we'll do a a fishy line of the week a little later with our friends from PTG Outdoors. But that's the fishy recruitment of the week, right there. That one has a, has a bit of an aroma to it. Uh, Anthony Maddox, the quarterback out of Oak Grove, who uh, flipped from Texas A and M in the last week. You got Anthony Robinson, the safety out of uh, Destrehan, Louisiana. Kavion Broussard, another Louisiana kid out of Zachary. On the offensive line, Cameron Clark out of Medina, Texas. John Wayne Oliver, the interior offensive lineman out of Christ Pres Academy in Nashville, Tennessee. He wins the Name of the Day award. Uh, you know what, Pilgrim? I'm going to sign with Ole Miss. John Wayne Oliver on the offensive line. Got, and in the, the picture that Ole Miss tweeted. He's got a mullet, too. Had a mullet, yeah. 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 Um, he picked the wrong Mississippi school just from the looks of him. Yeah, he really could have. Trevor Banks from uh, Homer, Louisiana. Uh, Patrick Broomfield, the corner out of Clarksdale, so uh, just to the west of Oxford a little bit. Uh, Jude Foster, another interior offensive lineman out of Baton Rouge. He went to uh, Southern University Lab School. Andy Jaffe, he is a safety from Clearwater, Florida. He was the first commitment that came in or the first signee that came in early this morning. Uh, Dylan Half, the tight end from Scottsdale, Arizona. Shamar Darden, uh, safety from Tupelo. So those were the uh, the high school guys and the junior college gay guys that signed uh, today. And, again, we'll look at the transfers coming up uh, in a little while. Um, 
I guess we talked about some of it along the way as we were going through that. Anything stand out for you with the uh, the players from Ole Miss? I think you know we we, we talked so much uh, over this past couple weeks of the receivers Ole Miss is bringing back, and then they add Juice Wells. But Deion Smith is a guy who would. Had he kept his academics in order at LSU, would already be in the NFL in all likelihood. I mean, he's that kind of talent. Uh, I'm glad to see that he's got his his, his head back on straight and, and is, is headed to a, an SEC school where he should be able to show off his his talents there. But that's just another huge weapon for Ole Miss when they get there. And then, of course, you know, I don't know how much of an impact those four those those three four star uh, defensive linemen can make in year one. You don't expect too much from. Defensive linemen, freshmen, unless they're just real freaks of nature, guys like Kim Diche and Jeff Simmons. But for the future, I mean, if those guys can stay together, that should become a very formidable unit uh, for Ole Miss that you know they, they can build upon, and if, as they continue to add depth to, that becomes a, a, a defense that you don't want to face. And let's just be real. When you talk about three defensive linemen, coming in out of high school together who are all highly rated, the odds that all three of those guys being at Ole Miss for their entire college career, not real high. That's not to say it's impossible. I mean, in in years gone by, you'd be jumping for joy because you're like, all right, guys that either going to redshirt or play a little bit this year, and then next year they'll really be staples, and then the following year you're looking at just a stud defensive line class. With what Ole Miss has done in the portal on the defensive line and with what Ole Miss has coming back on the defensive line, I think there are two things at play. One, you want to keep these guys on campus, certainly, because you believe in them, but you do have, theoretically, time for them to get stronger and more accustomed to SEC football. Uh, And number two, maybe you can play them sparingly and, and create even more depth along that defensive front and that kind of feels more important than ever. right? I mean, if you've got stars that are coming in out of high school as true freshmen, if they're even close to ready, you want to get them on the field some so it feels like they're part of the program and engaged, and they kind of see a roadmap into the future of, hey, it makes sense for me to stay here because I'm growing. And I don't know that I've given that just a ton of thought right now, but uh, you know, but before now, I guess I should say, but you, you need to get young players involved if you want to keep them on your roster. Yeah, I mean, if you, redshirting nowadays it, it needs to be almost like injury related or something like that. You've got to get guys out there, let them play. You can't count on keeping anybody for five years anymore. So let them play if they can help. Let them get some reps here and there, and just keep them involved because otherwise, yeah they will look to the portal to try to find a spot where they can get on the field. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll talk more about this Ole Miss class with Zach Barry coming up next with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Zach will join us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven on Super Talk Mississippi. Huh. 
All guests on Sports Talk Mississippi. Join us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Zach Barry joins us. He's the recruiting analyst at the Old Miss Spirit, part of the On3 Sports Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Zach underscore Barry. Zach, appreciate a few minutes of your time this afternoon. So this is so different now. Um, it's not necessarily 25 high school players or you're waiting on three or four names to fill out a class because of what's going on with the transfer portal as well. So so how do you look at today? Do you look at it as it kind of all gets rolled into the recruiting class or do you look at this day as separate from what has been going on for the last couple of weeks? I think you look at it as a full body work. I, I definitely lump them in together. 31 you know, quote, signees total. They had 21 signees out of high school today, 10 transfers so far. They're, they're obviously waiting on one more, at least one more that we know of. But, yeah, I think Ole Miss has, has been pretty clear of how they want to go about their business at the high school ranks. They want to solidify some commitments, prioritize some guys early in the spring and summer, get those guys uh, committed, and keep them in the class. They did that today, um, lost a couple – last month out of this uh, commitment uh, group, but we're able to sign all 21 of them today. So it was a uh, it was a big day for Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, and as you guys know, he prioritizes the portal, and they have, like you said, have quickly turned their attention to that the last couple of weeks. Is, uh, no drama, no surprises for Ole Miss as they uh, now currently, uh, per our network, have the 19th ranked class, which does not factor in the portal, which that that ranking would be much higher if it did. I was going to ask you that. I mean, if if there was a portal factors into the class ranking, what would it be? Would it be a top ten class? I think it would. I don't see how it wouldn't. Um, you're looking at a uh, the high school group was already balanced with key signees on both sides of the ball. I think they have some legitimate instant impact guys on defense on that defensive line group. Um, but, yeah, looking at the transfers, I mean, you've got a four-star safety from Oklahoma, a four-star edge guy from Tennessee, a four-star edge from Florida. And then I think they've got some really good pieces that are, you know, listed as three stars. I, I forgot to mention Juice Wells, the four-star from South Carolina. But it's a theme that I we've talked about a lot with this team and and kind of their strategy with bringing in experienced guys and they don't really care if you're power five or group of five they want prospects that fit the system think that they can excel in what they do offense or defense and have played a lot of football this year it's more power five heavy uh you know the cameron richardson from mississippi state at corner probably they're i would think mississippi state's best cover guy um pro football focus loves him nfl scouts love him and uh, you get somebody like Taz Nicholson from Illinois that's played a lot of football, Lewis Moore from Indiana, and then Jerquan Scott from Southern Miss. There were some big programs after him, played a lot of football down there in Hattiesburg. And then, oh, by the way, they go and snag Poopal from Arkansas, who's one of their better tacklers and one of their better linebackers. So, um, yeah, I think it's a top-ten class if you factor in the transfers just on the sheer star power alone and then – just the fits that they go after, and, and Pete Golding and, and that defensive staff, they look for those fits. 
in particular with the uh, the three defensive linemen that are that are high school guys at the top of this class with with Cam Franklin from Lake Cormorant and uh, and William Eccles from Houston and, and Cam Beavers from Bay Springs. How much did Pete Golding being on the recruiting trail and the defensive coordinator? How much did that factor in in your mind into Ole Miss getting that NLI signed from those three guys? Well, I just talked about star power with the signees via the portal, and uh, Pete Golding's star power speaks for itself, and it resonates on the recruiting trail, as as people have seen with the high school guys, like you mentioned, and with the portal. But, yeah, I think the defensive line group is is incredibly loud. Uh, The group they're bringing in, Jeffrey Rush, um, Cam Beavers, Eccles, Cam Franklin, I mean, they they went head-to-head with with Auburn, uh, with Miami, for Cam Franklin, they go head-to-head with Nick Saban in Alabama for William Eccles. And then Cam Beavers, a guy that was super quiet throughout the process, committed early, held firm. Same with Jeffrey Rush. They were two of the first commits for this 2024 class. They never wavered. LSU kicked tires on them. Mississippi State, Auburn. Um, you had Florida State starting to recruit a lot inside the uh, state of Mississippi. But, yeah, I think that speaks to the reputation that Pete Golding brought from Alabama. And I think recruits recognize that, and it's exciting to them talking with guys over the past couple of weeks in Oxford when they were in town for their official visits and just asking them, you know, hey, what are your expectations next year? You know, what are your expectations of this class? None of them stuttered or hesitated when they said, we're trying to win trophies, we're trying to win a championship. And I think that's a real message and a real goal for this team, especially with the 12-team playoff being expanded. I think what Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss is doing right now is, is is getting a lot of folks' attention. Visiting with Zach Barry from On3 Sports, the Ole Miss Spirit covers uh, Ole Miss recruiting and does a really good job with that. Talk to me a little bit, Zach, about Anthony Maddox, guy that was committed to Texas A&M for, uh, for a long time, uh, decommits, and then ultimately signs today with Ole Miss. So a quarterback uh, in a pretty crowded quarterback room already with Jackson Dart returning and Walker Howard and um, Anthony Simmons there as well. Where does Anthony Maddox fit in? Do they look at him as a quarterback in the future, or is he a gifted enough athlete that that's one of those guys that could very well see a position change before it's all said and done? I think they view him as a quarterback, 100%. I I spoke with him a couple days after he got the offer won the 7A state championship. Charlie Weiss Jr., Kiffin, they were in attendance. They saw him. Uh, a lot of these, a lot of the recruiting process is not just Ole Miss. A lot of, a lot of staffs will do in-person evaluations or um, you get offers as a junior, then they want to see you progress. They want to see how you can grow as a senior. I think A.J. Maddox fell in that category where it's like, okay, we think this guy can be special. We want to see him get better as a senior. We want to see him continue to grow. And it, you guys know he had a tremendous year. Oak Grove won the state championship. And right. uh, when I talked with AJ, you know, he said that the staff told told him point blank, like, hey, you remind us of Jaden Daniels. We see a lot of similarities, skill sets pretty similar. But uh, someone that kind of fits the mold of kind of the, the new era of quarterback can really move, can make all the throws, the off-platform stuff, and can improvise. But I, for me, just as an amateur Scout, just looking at his film and then also talking with, with our scouting and rankings guys, they, they love his ability to not only create with his feet, but keep his eyes downfield and still make throws and, you know, not just completely bail, but 
Yeah, the, the quarterback room's crowded, but quarterbacks are confident. Uh, you kind of have to be wired that way to be successful. But I think Ole Miss is kind of back on schedule now with, with the quarterback position. Jackson Dart, we expect him to announce at some point he'll return for 2024. After that, it'll be up for grabs. Walker Howard, Austin Simmons, A.J. Maddox. I think Kiffin is never going to shy away from bringing in guys to compete. We saw that this year with Spencer Sanders. And I think Kiffin kind of, you know, you can say it's simple, but it's not. But for him, he just wants to bring in the best players that he can and then people compete and then let the chips fall where they may. But, yeah, I I think they absolutely view him as a quarterback for the future. And um, I think the, the proof is there with the offer being extended after seeing him live and in person and, the maturation of his game over his senior season. Zach, uh, a couple of minutes left. You mentioned a second ago that some of these defensive linemen you thought had the ability to make an impact early. It feels like it's going to be harder for a defensive lineman to get on the field than it has been in recent memory, given what is (laughs) returning and what Ole Miss is adding in the transfer portal. So do you believe that that some of those four that you mentioned a second ago, Franklin and Eccles and Beavers and, and Rush, can actually find their way onto the field some? Yeah, I don't see why not. I know the room is going to be loaded with the portal additions that they've had, and especially if Ole Miss is able to pull it off and and land Walter Nolan. I mean, that's a plug-and-play day one guy. But, yeah, Randall Joyner and and Pete Golding, and they love to keep guys fresh and rotate a ton, just with the speed of the game now with with everybody going up-tempo and, and, you know, hurry up. I think that they are going to rotate guys, but – Ole Miss, if, if you can play, they, they don't care if you're a true freshman. They don't care if you're a JUCO guy or a fifth-year senior or you know a super senior. They're going to play you. Um, you, know, you saw it with with, with Sunstream Perkins this year, where he played as much as anybody on that starting defense until the shoulder injury sidelined him. But yeah, I I, I wouldn't be shocked if William Eccles is in you know a rotation with the two deep early in spring practice. I wouldn't be shocked if Cam Franklin's out there mixing it up with the first-team defense in, in spring practice. And, you know, uh, Cam Beavers doesn't get talked about a ton. He was a super quiet kid, uh, didn't do a ton of interviews, didn't you know, didn't do all the social media stuff, but I, I've heard high praise for him. I had a source tell me that uh, he kind of reminds them of Woodrow Hamilton. They played at Ole Miss, um, which feels like back in the day to me. But, um, <laughs> yeah, played in the NFL for a good bit. But, yeah, I, I, I think that there's certainly a path for these guys to – make an instant impact just because Kiffin and that defensive staff, if you know the playbook, if you know the calls and they think you can perform and make plays, they don't care. They're going to play you regardless of you know age, class, whatever. Zach, 10 seconds or less, up against a hard break. Any update on Walter Nolan? The last I heard was could be this afternoon, um, but that's all I've heard uh, up until last night. But I all think right. Ole Miss is in the lead. Great. Thanks so much for your time, Zach. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Everybody had a great National Signing Day today. I saw this um, earlier today. Hey, Dad, this is over the last month. These are decommitments 
from Florida. Five-star defensive back Xavier Filsame or Filsami. Four-star defensive lineman Amaris Williams. Four-star linebacker Darius Hayes. Four-star defensive lineman Nasir Johnson. Four-star edge rusher Jamonte Walker ended up at Auburn. Four-star defensive back Wardell Mack. Three-star defensive lineman Kendall Jackson. L.J. McCray is apparently uh, not going to sign during the early signing period. He is a five-star commitment, and they are still waiting on the guy that was kind of the linchpin for that uh, for that entire class. I can't think of his name right offhand, but Florida spent most of the last year with a recruiting class that was ranked in the top five. Uh, DJ Lagway, that was the guy that they were waiting on, and he did end up signing the quarterback he, from, he from signed, West Texas. Yeah. So, but that yeah. was later in the day, so people were kind of getting yeah. nervous on that as well. They, they, they dropped. From, they dropped from five to fifteen, and that was with Lagway and the the defensive lineman still committed, and they were concerned that Lagway was going to decommit. So, I mean, if they those two guys had bailed, they'd have dropped maybe out of the top twenty. I mean. The whole time when, when Napier was losing the season, people were like, well, let's look at this recruiting class he's bringing in. He's bringing in a great class. They're going to figure it out. And now you don't even have that. Should have fired him. Should have just fired him and moved on. And that's that. But instead, they'll suffer another year. Yeah. I mean, that. That's, that's, and, and it's still a, still a pretty good class. I mean, they get a five-star quarterback and, you know, a bunch of four-star guys as well, but it certainly is not what it was uh, just a few weeks ago. So it's been a, uh, a tough run for the, the Florida Gators. And it goes back into a larger conversation about, okay, is a job a good job? But it's a good job if you can get the players that you need to win the games that you need to win. And Florida has not pulled – Florida's a harder job than people – give it credit for. Because everybody recruits Florida. Florida State has kind of gotten all the way back. Miami is very, very committed. And frankly, Florida has seemed pretty disorganized on the NL front, NIL front, over really the last two years, going back to the craziness with Jaden Rashada a year ago and all of all of those things. they, they got to figure it out. I don't think Florida's going to be bad forever. No. I mean, and it's kind of the same thing they were with, with Zook. Well, they weren't this bad, but, you know, they were they were mediocre. And then they bring the right coach in there, and they win two national titles. Florida, that's the kind of – Florida has the super high ceiling, yeah. but unfortunately their floor is pretty low too. Yeah. They're, like a, they're, they're definitely a high-risk, high-reward kind of program. And they'll so, fire you if you go to an SEC championship game. They will fire you. Or, or or two, right? Didn't he go to two SEC title games? Yes. 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 It's crazy. Yes. And then hey, he killed a go. shark. That's two different guys. No, no. I, I don't buy into that. No, I stay woke. That's, that's him. Okay. No, no, no. I'm saying you're talking about two different coaches. McElwain. And then Mullen afterward. Mullen didn't kill the shark. No, but we were talking McElwain about a did. coach taking a team to the SEC title game. They both did. McIlwain took them to two SEC title games. And then Mullen took them to one, right? One. Correct. Okay. There you go. 
Um, and then McIlwain killed a shark. It was more like he hugged a shark. <laughs> Did a little more than hug. Mm. So, Richard, if I ever take off all of my clothes and hug you, I'm doing more than hugging you. I just go ahead and let you know. If you do that, you better kill me. <laughs> you, you better kill me because one of us is going to die. Uh, <laughs> one of us is going to die if that happens, hey, Dad. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just making a point that a naked hug is more than a hug. I, yes, yes. Uh, okay, I think we should move on. I've been sure. trying to ask you a question. Yeah, go ahead. Has nothing to do with sharks. Okay, Jim McElwain or land sharks. Um, okay. Chasing Columbus, what type of segment did I just stumble into? The question that I'm trying to get out, and we may just start the 4 o'clock hour with it, is this. As the music begins. I'll let you think on it during the break. Of the guys that Mississippi yes. State signed today out of high school, mm-hmm. who do you think has the greatest opportunity to make an immediate impact? I'll let you ponder that during the break and uh, we'll talk about some of those names when we continue we uh, will try to pull this back out of the ditch as well sports talk mississippi in the pearl river resort studio mike in oxford says that we need to just shut up and dribble we're back right after this Talk Mississippi. Sports. Sports. On your radio and in the game. Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Glad to have you along for the ride on this Wednesday afternoon, the 20th of December, just five days from Christmas. We're going to be with you all week long right here on Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. That's two, uh, they have two 18 hole championship golf courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas, and you can play them. And Frankly, the weather has cooperated for golf just right on through the month of December with, uh, you know, 50s, 60s in the afternoons. Not too bad at all. DancingRabbitGolf.com. That's where you go to book your tee time today. Ceasefire text line is open 601 879 4395. 601 879 4395. I must read a few of these. CC and Cenotopia, you guys must be broadcasting from a Senate hearing room today. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, oh, I heard about that. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Continue. Naked and afraid if Hey Dad tries to hug you. Yeah. He's naked. We're afraid. From uh, <laughs> exactly. That's where I was going. Yeah. From John yeah. in Osaka. Um. 
referring to the uh, last couple of minutes before the break. He said, "Drop back ten yards and punt." LOL. We got a what the heck's guy? Uh, what the heck, guys? And uh, a couple of folks said I tuned into the wrong part of that conversation, <laughs> or the right part. You never know. We. <laughs> Amanda in Mike County, uh, Pike County says this is Friday for her, so Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas to you, too, Amanda. And uh, if you want to tune in, even uh, after your Friday, I guess what would be the start of your weekend, you're welcome to join us tomorrow. We'll, and we'll be on for your Friday Saturday well. and Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, we will. All right, so I threw a question out to you before the break. Uh, when you look at this group of signees today for Mississippi State, we were talking about Ole Miss guys a second ago that could potentially have um, an immediate impact. Uh, that doesn't mean starters and all SEC players, but contributors. Who from this Mississippi State class fits that bill for you? For year one, the obvious first name to me is the running back, uh, Johnny Daniels, out of Colin. When you look at State's uh, running back room, I mean, there's just not a lot of, of star power in there. Uh, you know, Woody Marks today, I don't know if you saw, uh, has committed to USC. He's headed, he's headed out west to play for the Trojans. Um, so he's gone. You have yeah, Jeff you Pittman. I knew he was visiting out there, but that and Rodgers to Washington, man, I'm – Maybe Mississippi State really undervalued these guys. I don't know. I don't know the answer. Um, but anyway, with with Jeff Pittman back, Kevon Lee back, Seth Davis, you know, was injured in the USM game. I think he's going to be out for a, for a good portion of the year. Um, so you just you don't have a lot of guys there. That's why they'd like to get Daniel Hill, the running back from Meridian. That's why they'd like to get Dante Dowdle, the uh, transfer from Oregon, who's originally from Picayune. But Johnny Daniels is going to have an opportunity to come in and win the starting running back job and, and be State's first first choice out of the backfield. So that's the easy and obvious answer for me. From the high school kids, I would say it's J.J. Harrell, just because, again, State doesn't have a lot of proven wide receivers. They need playmakers there. This is an offense that features the wide receiver, that, that guys who can get deep and beat uh, deep coverage, and Harrell can give you a little bit of that. So... Uh, of the guys that are signed right now, those are the two that stand out that I think we'll be talking about the most in 2024. But State's still got to get a bunch of players to fill whatever that two deep is. I mean, are there going to be some guys that are forced into playing earlier than maybe they would be in a normal year? Just because of all the attrition um, on the roster? I mean, that's why, you know, you signed five JUCO guys, so definitely those guys you're going to hopefully can see them play a little bit early. Um, you know, with the other the other receivers, McGee when he gets on board, Craver when he gets on board, possibly you could you could see those guys play a little bit uh, this year. But, yeah, I think most of it's going to, you know, come from the transfer portal. You know, uh, Levy talked about that today. They're certainly not done there. I would expect them to sign five, six, seven more guys especially on the defensive side of ball. I think that's where they're really going to be focused on the second round of the transfer portal going into the uh, start of the spring semester. But as far as the freshmen go, yeah, I don't I don't see a whole ton of these guys making the first-year contribution. Um, but, again, you know, State doesn't have a – you're right, State doesn't have a ton of depth, and one injury or two injuries could put some of these guys in a position where they do have to contribute early. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. What do you make of uh, Hugh Freeze at his uh, his post-signing day press conference earlier today? I don't know if you saw any of these, uh, any of these quotes or not. Um, quote, 
there are some schools in this conference that believe in last night efforts. Quote, there was some late night pushes we won, held on, won one, lost one. People in this conference are good at what they do. I don't always like what is done. On the whole, Auburn put together a pretty good signing class. This is, but there have been some weird quotes from Hugh Freeze in the last week, especially about transfer He's, portal stuff and the way that they've gone about it. He's talking to the man in the mirror. Oh, who, who, who is making that comment? Hugh Freeze? Does the name T. Shepard ring a bell to you? Do we need to have that conversation? My goodness, what a hypocrite. That guy never stops being a hypocrite. Every time he opens his mouth, hypocrisy comes out of it. I mean, you could add Chris Jones to that list of Yes. attempted late. How many how many how many flips? How many flips did Ole Miss orchestrate while he was there? Well, those things don't happen months in advance, I don't think. Kid goes to bed committed to one and wakes up committed to the other. Now, come on. And now it's completely above board. Yeah. Who was um the oh the 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 running back from uh, from Texas that Missouri that Ole Miss thought they were going to get the commitment from ended up committing to Missouri. This was last week uh, from um, Lacey. Yes, Kevon Lacey. You didn't hear Lane Kiffin go, well, you know, some late-night shenanigans happened there. They got outbid in the last half hour before his press conference. Like, it's fine. It's what you're allowed to do now. That's how business is done. But for Hugh Freeze to complain to anybody about about shady recruiting, come on, man. It's like me complaining about nutritional value. What are we doing here? Well, it's like the old you complaining about nutritional value. I'm still fat. I'm just saying. I, I'm I'm less fat, but I'm still fat. Yeah. I had a long way to go. Still going. Um, this is an interesting message. Not sure that I agree with this. Ole Miss waits until the last minute to cloud kids' minds and steal them, only to dump them in the spring. I mean, there's what? One example that you can come up with that kind of fits that, but it doesn't really even fit it? I mean, I mean is there is there anybody other than McKaylin Pounders that you might put in that category? Now, uh. now the clouds people's mind at the last minute, yes, and there's another word for that. It's called recruiting. Yeah. And there are about 65 or so Power 5 teams, a good number of those I mean, do I mean, everything they can. I mentioned the last T. Shepard, and, and he, he, he you know, was committed to state, flips to Ole Miss on signing day, goes to Ole Miss, and then after four games, they kind of ran him off. You know, and they, they talked about it was his hearing issues, but those, 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 weren't, those weren't the issues. They just, just didn't work, and it's just. That's that's probably another that's another example I would give. I mean, I've always pointed out that Fortin Shepherd while he was at Ole Miss too, in terms of well, help with the hearing issues. Yeah, 
I just look. I always point out that I mean, this isn't. They're not really connected, but like the 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 the. I always call it the Pat Patterson Hall of Fame of all the guys that flipped from state to Ole Miss and then went to Ole Miss and just they didn't do anything. I mean, there's a long list of those guys, and there's there's, there's guys on the other side of that too. I, I tend to think that guys that flip nine times out of not nine times out of ten. That's that's not fair, but a lot of times you see these guys, especially guys who flip more than once, they, they don't they just don't do very much, and so. You know, I don't worry about it. If guy flips, he flips. It'll all take care of itself in the end. I, I always say the same thing. You know, I promise at the end of the year or when we get to August 31st or whatever it is, they're going to play football. So you, you're going to have 85 guys dressed out, I promise. Sports Talk Mississippi. We're back with you right after this. Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. We had a question earlier about the top 20 players from the state of Mississippi and where those guys went. Came in on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. This is the on three. This is, is this composite or is this just on three's ranking of the top 20? Hey, Dad. I would have to look. Hold on a second. Uh, I think on it's just three, the on three on, rankings. Well, this is on three industry. Oh, you can do an industry comparison also. Um, okay. So that that is that is a uh, yeah that's a composite one. Okay. So you're on three comparisons. A oh, good grief! Now I'm not even in the right state anymore. Let's just stick with the on three rankings for for <sighs> Mississippi. You really get frustrated with me when we talk about recruiting, don't you? You don't you don't know anything about it. It's it's like me with a uh, you know golf. Like, I don't know. I, know. I don't know. Now. Hold on now. Hold on. How do you mean I don't know anything about it? You know enough about Ole Misses, but like the rest of the, the, the like this, I could tell when you were reading off those state guys. You were a lot of those were like the first time you'd ever seen that name. Some of them. Ah, some. Yeah, some of them. Some I, of them. So, so. But I've always been upfront about that too. Yeah, no, no, you you are honest about it. So, all right, top twenty players in the state of Mississippi. Uh, Cam Franklin goes to Ole Miss. Jamonte Walker, a uh, Waller, not Walker, Waller, out of Picayune goes to Auburn. So he was committed to Florida for a long time, mm-hmm. and was one of those guys that I think both Ole Miss and Mississippi State. We're holding out hope that they had a chance, and it just yeah, it wasn't. He he was always leaning towards going out of state. Like 
I don't think he even visited Mississippi State. He might have gone to Ole Miss for a visit, but he he was always going out of state. William Eccles out of Houston goes to Ole Miss. Cam Beavers out of Bay Springs goes to Ole Miss. Daniel Hill. So this is the running back from Meridian. And Mm -hmm. I know we've talked about him some in the last week, week and a half, that Mississippi State had some hope there. It appears as if South Carolina is where he's going to end up. Is that is that accurate, kind of between mm, South Carolina no. and Alabama? No? No. No. You're convinced he's still going to be at Mississippi State? I'm not convinced he's going to be at Mississippi State. I don't think he's going to be at South Carolina. He's either going to be at Alabama or Mississippi State. Okay. What was – South Carolina has recruited him hard, and there are a lot of people that thought he was going to end up there, right? Well, I, yeah – Early on, but it's just been a thing of too far from home. He wants to stay a little closer to home. And so if Alabama calls him and says, you can commit to us, you can sign with us, he will sign with Alabama. If they don't, he will go to Mississippi State. Okay. You heard it here. We'll find out on January 6th. Yeah. J.J. Harrell out of North Panola, Sardis, Mississippi, wide receiver, Mississippi State. He's the number six player in the state according to on three. Uh, number seven, Kanan Daniels, the running back, who absolutely put on a show in the state championship game. He's going to Florida and mm-hmm. st- stuck with that. Did that one surprise you at all? When he, when he committed, yes. I thought, you know, West Point, Mississippi, running back, that he should end up at Mississippi State. So when he committed to Florida, I was surprised. And then the fact that he stayed committed the whole time, never wavered in any way, was, I mean, that's impressive. To be honest with you, because you think with all the 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 turmoil at Florida, you stayed or Ole Miss might have been able to get a foot in the door, but they didn't. Jeffrey Rush had a Pascagoula headed to Ole Miss. Noriel White, the wide receiver out of Ocean Springs, headed to Ole Miss. Um, Braylon Burnside, Stanka, if you prefer, mm-hmm. not going to make his announcement until January third. Is that right? Third. Third. Correct. At the Army All-American game or Under Armour All-American? One of the Under Armour All-American game. Okay, so the Under Armour game. Correct, correct. And your assumption is he's going to Mississippi State. I think that's that is as it stands to, as it stands today. That's where the, the 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 tea leaves will will lead us. Could it change tomorrow? Yes, it's recruiting. Could absolutely change tomorrow. It feels like one that that's one that Ole Miss is not giving up on, at least not completely. No. This will be a fight until January 3rd. Jimothy Lewis is the number 11 player from the state of Mississippi. Don't understand why Owen 3 has him in in the Mississippi rankings. He's from Ridgeland originally, but he played the last two years in IMG. I don't get why he's in the Mississippi rankings. Yeah, but but he is for for their purposes. He is, yeah. Uh, 11th ranked player in the state, committed to state. Tristan Jernigan out of Tupelo. Is, he is committed to Friday. Texas A&M, but has not signed yet. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's between Texas A&M and... Alabama. And Alabama. Right. Taz Jernigan? He's committed. He committed. I, I don't know if he goes by that or not. But uh, I do know that, yeah, he's been committed to A&M for a long time. Uh, State, he was trending with State for like a, a week or two right after Levy got hired that... Maybe maybe he'd be interested, but that never panned out. I think he visited Ole Miss, but that doesn't seem to have panned out. 
And so now it's between Alabama and AM. Xavier Gaten out of Brookhaven is the number 13 player in the state. He is going to Starkville, headed to Mississippi State. A.J. Maddox, the quarterback from Oak Grove, at number 14, headed to Ole Miss. Julius Pope, out of South Panola, signed with Arkansas. I think, again, limited recruiting knowledge here, I think I remember reading that this is one of the guys that Ole Miss tried to kind of make a late run at. And they just mm-hmm. they just didn't get there. He he stuck with with Arkansas when it was all said and done. Yeah, state was interested in him mid season, but it didn't pan out. He's a linebacker, sixteenth um, ranked player in the state of Mississippi. Terrence Hibbler, a defensive lineman from Holmes County Central, goes to Mississippi State. Isaiah Autry out of Itawamba AHS in Fulton, seventeenth ranked player in the state, headed to Oklahoma. Offensive lineman. He's a big one, six seven two ninety. Was very surprised when Levy came on board that State didn't really make a run at him, but they didn't. P.J. Woodland from Oak Grove has been committed to LSU for a long time, signed with LSU. There was a little bit of noise kind of at the end that maybe Ole Miss had kind of gotten in there and was going to be able to pull off a, a flip, a signing day flip. That did not happen. Um, did Mississippi State... Were they involved with Woodland? Was it was it ever close? He was committed to state. That's right. Decommitted from state, committed mm-hmm. to LSU. Right. And then flipped LSU, yeah. How good a player is he? I mean, I think he was the best corner in the state this year. I um, mean, if he's good enough for LSU, that's probably a, a pretty good sign. Then a guy who could play early down there, too. I mean, LSU certainly needs defensive help. And then the last two guys out of the uh, top 20, Chris Davis from Picayune, the running back, is headed to Stanford. And the defensive lineman, Alex Foster, from St. Joe's in Greenville, is headed to Baylor. A couple of three-star guys there, according to on three. Um, Greenville St. Joe, man, they put out players. Yeah. How about two Mississippi guys headed to Stanford? Um, yeah. Chris Davis from Picayune and Zyron Brown from, uh, from Bay St. Louis. Is there? I mean, if if it doesn't if it doesn't work out for football, they should be set for life with the connections at least. Yeah. Yeah. Stanford soon to be part of the ACC. Yes, he'll be back in the South before you know it, playing Clemson and and Georgia Tech. I mean, is that not still hard for you to wrap your mind around Stanford and Cal are headed to the ACC? It's, it doesn't make a lick of sense to me. Not not one lick of sense. It's just dumb. Here we are. Um, so, I didn't count up the, the top 20. So, Ole Miss, out of the top 20, gets 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. So, 6 of the top 20 are going to Ole Miss, and I think that's 5 of the top 10. 5. Uh, and then 5 of the top 20 going to State. 5 of the top uh, and 20. And 5 of the top 20 going to State, and then if they get Stonka... And Daniel Hill, that would be seven. Okay. By the way, highest ranked player in Mississippi who is committed to Southern Miss, Caleb Moore out of Oak Grove at number 31. He's a defensive lineman. Uh, 31st ranked player in the state, three star defensive lineman headed to Southern Miss. Aaron Travis out of Grenada, a three star defensive lineman, has signed with Ole Miss. Um, Damian Miller out of Port Gibson. Signed with uh, with Southern Miss as well. He's the 35th ranked player in the state. 
Christopher Jones from Hartfield Academy, Jalen Washington from Houston, Mississippi, both signed with uh, with Southern Miss, John White from MRA, quarterback there at MRA, who put up massive numbers, became the all-time leading passer in high school football in the state of Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. We're going to take a quick time out. We're back with Luke Johnson on the Farm Bureau guest line coming up next. Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs> Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Super Talk TV. We're going to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Uh, Luke Johnson joins us now. Luke, I think that Will East took umbrage to your unwillingness to join us via video stream, and therefore the uh, the picture of you is not the one where you're holding up the MVP trophy. Uh, he picked one where you're getting a punt blocked. Nice. Who's it against, Will? Alabama. I did get one blocked. You, you could have got me throwing a pass, and there was actually one where I got under center in Bryant Denny. That was the most scared I've ever been in my life. Five <laughs> wide, empty set under center. How'd that one turn out? We shifted out of it, and I got the punt off. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> just just gave the defense a little bit different look, and then backpedaled fifteen yards. I, I like it. Uh, I like it. All right, Luke, We uh, National Signing Day, and uh, this is obviously an important day. It's a mix of high school guys, transfer portal guys. So talk to us a, a little bit about Southern Miss's class and, and what you see as the highlights today. Well, if, if looking at the recruiting class and what Southern Miss did in the Sun Belt and nationally, you wouldn't think that this was a 3-9 and nine team. I mean, yeah. right now, according to 24-74th overall, uh, I think Rivals has them around that. Number one recruiting class in the number two. But uh, 30 total guys, 24 of those will be scholarship six, we think, or walk-ons. But other than losing Elijah Baker from Hattiesburg High to Tulane, they got everybody that, that they uh, that they had, had pegged. Chris Jones stayed. Uh, Jezolowski stayed. Um, you look at Caleb Moore, uh, Jalen Washington, of course, John White. You got uh, the MAIS Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, got a surprise portal um, guy from uh, Trey Pinkney out of Coastal Carolina. Uh, a few more portal guys. But, but the way it breaks down um, with the 24 scholarship players, 10 on offense, 14 on defense. Um, so it was a great day. I mean, I, and all this came in early. There was, there was really no uh, nothing that got drug out the rest of the day. Um, but I think they're really, really, really happy, and I think it speaks to you know what Will Hall sells on the recruiting trail. So I'd love for us to talk a little bit more about John White. Uh, he he had 
an incredible high school career at MRA. And a couple of weeks ago, maybe maybe a month ago, around the end of the season, I was reading some, I mean, you know, I guess this was Twitter or message boards or whatever, but there were some people that were pretty critical of the fact that he was not more widely recruited than he is. This kid can absolutely spin it. He has been a big-time winner on the field. What do you think Southern Miss is getting in John White? I mean, on paper, they're getting the their their best recruiting, you know, highest ranked quarterback prospect in probably the last five or six years. Um, I, I think I heard him his, his interview that that Will and and the guys did on the scoreboard show, and very, very, very outspoken young man. Um, and you like to hear that from a quarterback perspective. I mean, it's, it's heads on right, leadership ability. But, I mean, you look at who he played, and, you know, guys, he threw for 399 yards against Oak Grove this year. I mean, that's the 7A state champion, public yeah. school. Um, he he lit Hartfield up. He lit J.A. up. He lit Prep up. Uh, he, he's been playing for, you know, at a high level for several years. Um, and so I think, not only with the athletic ability, but you're getting the leadership ability. You're getting the guy that can command the huddle, and uh, you're getting the Mississippi guy where a lot of the guys, because of Will Hall recruiting the state so well, you got a guy from the other guys know and they respect, and, um, you know, the intangibles physically, uh, but you're getting a guy that will command leadership and people will respect him. Will, let me bring you into this as well. Um, you, you did the scoreboard show. You did the preview show all season long. You covered high school football more than uh, than anybody else at, at Super Talk in, in terms of the entire state. Your thoughts on, on John White? I mean, kids played a lot of football. He started as a freshman when he was at Winona Christian. I mean, you think about he's been starting as the quarterback since he was a freshman in high school. Um, and like Luke said – you know, a lot of times in, in the prep ball ranks, you, you kind of discount a little bit because a lot of times they're playing the same teams and those teams don't have huge rosters. Well, he was going up against some of the best competition that the state had to offer. I mean, went to Oak Grove and took – at Oak Grove and took that team yeah. uh, to overtime and was, you know, a, a score away. A, a pretty incredible job and, and sets the record for what most passing yards, Luke, uh, in a career uh, here in the state of Mississippi and – uh, if you watched him play, he's got a gun. He can he and he can run too. That's the other thing. Yeah, a lot of Come, uh, lot of good there. Completion completion percentage right at sixty five percent, one hundred nine touchdowns, ten thousand six hundred yards in three years at, at MRA. That's uh, th- those are really really good numbers. I had a buddy that texted me. He said comes from a great family as well. That his dad's a good friend of his. So um, a lot of good stuff there. Uh, what's left? Luke, in, in your mind, you, you got the, um, the 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 second kind of transfer portal window in early January. You've got the February signing period. You you mentioned the the twenty four uh, in terms of scholarship guys today. How active do you anticipate Southern Miss uh, will be in the portal in the the coming weeks? If our numbers are right, they've got about six scholarships left. They they got five guys in the portal already. Uh, the number that we thought they would get to is about 10. So it looks like those numbers are lining up. I think they're done, obviously, Juco and high school. Uh, they've left about five or six scholarships to, to get in the portal. I think they're looking for some wide receivers. 
always listening on the offensive line. Um, they did have four offensive linemen, um, but they, they need maybe one more or two more up front for that. And then uh, I think Chris Jones can play immediately at linebacker. Uh, they got a, another linebacker, a couple linebackers out of the portal, but I think that's another another area of need for them too. If I could go back real quick, uh, another guy that Will Hall highlighted today and uh, Reed Je- uh, Jezulowski from uh, from Hartfield had his coach on today in the uh, the state championship this year and had him talking about Chris White or uh, I'm sorry uh, Chris Jones and and Reed. And Will Hall said that, that uh, Reed Jezelowski was the most dynamic player in the state of Mississippi. Wow. Tight end, 6'3", 215, ran for 2,000 yards this year. I think he's another guy that can come in and play immediately. Craig Bowman said that he was so happy that John White was not in red and blue anymore that he was going to be in black and gold because he was tired of facing. <laughs> that's, uh, that's good stuff. Hey, if we could briefly switch gears to uh, basketball. Got a, uh, a fun one coming up on Saturday down in Biloxi at the uh, Coast Coliseum with Southern Miss and Ole Miss in basketball. And, and I want to ask you specifically about Andre Corbello um, because of the, the recent news from the NCAA. He is now eligible and available. You're talking about the former sixth man of the year in the Big Ten when he was at Illinois, played last year at uh, at St. John's, so this is a third school for him. That's why he was having to sit out. Uh, what does he mean for uh, for Jay Ladner's team, and what do you think about this matchup? He played Monday night against Lamar. Um, Southern Miss got, got a road win, uh, and he scored 13 points, six rebounds. He has a different gear. You see why you know he he was the highly touted. He, just like a, a little, little, uh, the, the play that's circulating on social media was he, he, uh, he cut the eyes in, in a fast break and did a reverse layup and got an and another break and could have, you know, dunked it or, or laid it up, passed it off to a teammate, uh, Kobe Montgomery, who got a dunk. Tremendous vision. Um, and it's just, he's dead on the court. So it takes pressure off of Austin Crowley and, and gives the Golden Eagles. You know the ability to feed the ball. We talked to Zay Carson, assistant coach today uh, on Eagle Hour, specifically about Ole Miss and Southern Miss. Uh, really, I think for them this weekend are they've got to be able to rebound the ball and they cannot turn it over like they've been doing it. Uh, Mississippi State really good to, to start the season. So it'll be a fun one. Ole Miss extremely good. You're looking forward to the challenge and, and feel for, uh, you know what they've got. Um, in in the backcourt with with Curbelo. but I'm telling you, man, he's he's got a different gear. It's going to be cool. Any uh, anything you've heard in terms of what the crowd may be like on Saturday? I haven't heard. Um, you know, being at two days before Christmas, it can be a, a boom or bust. <laughs> we'll yeah. see what with it. I, I do think contingent of Golden Eagle fans will uh, will come down there. Southern Miss, you know, won the last three out of five or three out of four, and, and I think that gives them a boost as well. Thanks a lot, Luke. Great catching up this afternoon. Guys, have a great day. Luke Johnson, co-host of the Super Talk Eagle Hour, Super Talk Hattiesburg, Super Talk Laurel, joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Take a quick timeout. We're back with you right after this in the Pearl River Resort Studio.
97.3. What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Back on Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us this afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Ceasefire text line. Richard, I'm glad you're back today. Hey, Dad was picking on Ole Miss basketball yesterday. He thinks we have played a really weak schedule so far. Well, he's mostly right. I, I typed this in, in response. Mostly right. Um, Ole Miss is. Strength of schedule to this point is 177, so that's about the halfway mark in uh, in all of college basketball. Their net ranking is on the rise. Hey, what are we, two weeks removed, week and a half removed from them being in the 90s in the net? Mm-hmm. They are up to 57, <clears throat> yes. uh, and they jumped five spots overnight from 62 to 57. Why did that happen? Well, Memphis is that the the win over Memphis is getting better by the day. Memphis has played really, really good basketball. Uh, They beat the brakes off of Virginia last night. And Memphis is one spot out of being in the top 25 in the net right now, so they're at 26. Ole Miss's road win over UCF is now a quad one victory uh, because it was on the road, and UCF's now 74 in the net. The... NC State is 67. I think that's going to be end up being a pretty good win. And, look, Cal's not going to do anything crazy, but that is a better team than their record. And Ole Miss really, really played well against Cal this past weekend. Cal's currently 233 in the RPI, and they're 3-7 and seven overall. That's a Cal team that's going to win some games, though. So, I don't know if that's a win that that ultimately is going to help you. But the next two games that Ole Miss plays also are not going to help them either. Um, Southern Miss being that it's a, a neutral site game could could potentially help. But the Bryant game, probably not going to do much for you at all. Yeah. But if Ole Miss handles its business, it can, I mean, look at State last year. Were they 8-10? Uh, in conference play, mm-hmm. so you don't even have to be above 500. You just gotta, you know, find your way forward. If Ole Miss is undefeated and then they win eight conference games, they're gonna be on the bubble. Yeah. And and I mean the thing about this Ole Miss team is everything is in front of them, right? They have they have nothing but opportunity in front of them, and they've now played two games with full roster. They dodged a massive, massive bullet last night. Um, Musa Cisse, excuse me, Musa Cisse went down and it looked bad. And I think everybody immediately assumed the worst, uh, sorry, the worst, in that it was a severe knee injury. He actually returned to the bench last night, did not return to the game. Chris Beard said post game, they got good news from their doctors. There was no structural damage to the knee. And if he had needed to, probably could have gone back in the game, but it was not a game where they needed him to go back in. And they are, what, two games in to Brandon Murray being eligible? And I think more than anything, hey, Dad, that 
that relieves a little bit of the pressure on a guy like Matt Morrell and Jamin Brakefield. They don't have to be the guy. And while Morrell has the ability to kind of take over a game sometimes, he's so much better when he's playing a role as opposed to having to be this, you know, kind of the lead dog. It, I think it's going to be fun to watch because this is, Ole Miss has become a team that nobody was projecting as an NCAA tournament team going into the year. Now everybody that has a projection has them in the field, but we know they're about to be tested in a really, really big way. Ole Miss opens SEC play on the road against Tennessee on January 6th. That is a tough way to open. That's a tough and then, start. And then they come home to face Florida, who last night beat Michigan in double overtime on a neutral floor. And that that's a good Florida team. That's a talented Florida roster that is young and is getting better. You can kind of see them growing right there before your eyes. So it is certainly not an easy start to uh, to SEC play. But I do think it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And Vanderbilt. Yeah, I mean, oof. Yeah, you had them last night, huh? Whew. They were down 12. Oh, and 18? To... Nah, they won a couple. Yeah. But not, not That's much. That's SEC more Coach that. of the Year, uh, Jerry Stackhouse. I don't think Stack's a bad coach, but man, they've had bad luck with injuries. They're, hey, their projected starting five going into the season, and they've now played 11 games, so that's 2,200 minutes that have been played on the season. Their projected starting five going into the year together on the floor at the same time, four minutes and eight seconds this season. Not great. Not great. Five o'clock hour coming up. We got the college football fix. We got the PTG Outdoors Fishy Line of the Week and a whole lot more. We're back with you after this. Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. To the five o'clock hour, Sports Talk Mississippi, Wednesday, the twentieth of December. It means we have seven hours left with you this week, and we look forward to using every one of those seven hours. It's going to be great. Hey, Dad, I'm hoping you're going to be in a better mood the rest of the week. I'm not sure. Mood. I don't know if you've smiled in the first two hours. Just sitting there looking all sullen and somber and. It's National Signing Day, man. We were joking about naked hogs like an hour ago. What are you talking about? I haven't been smiling. 
Maybe I just hope that won't happen anymore this week. <laughs> I mean, what do you want from me? Jeez. It is kind of all downhill after that. Yeah, it's kind of kind of. <laughs> it is. We, we peaked there. We peaked. <laughs> Uh, or or guttered, maybe maybe we guttered right there, and it's just all an uphill <laughs> climb after that. Maybe that's the issue. We're grinding. Pearl River Resort Studios. That is where this radio program originates every single day. Pearl River Resort is the home of live entertainment and so much to do, including great meals and gaming and the sports book and. Did I mention great meals? They got all that going on, plus um, concerts and comedy shows and all kinds of cool stuff. Learn more about them online at PearlRiverResort.com. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Will East in for Michael Borky. Um, we're glad to glad to be with you. Borky can't tear himself away from work, though. He's like no, still constantly tweeting, tweeting, tweeting. Okay, come on, man. Just enjoy your vacation. Enjoy South Carolina. Cut loose, know how buddy. to relax. Uh, like I said yesterday, when I when I have a day off, I can tell the difference. In what? In my life. When I have a day off, I can tell the difference. You you check out, right? You, there's a difference in a work yeah. day and a non-work day, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If I ever get a day off, I mean, I, I feel like I'm never away from the show. But if I ever do actually get a day off, this I guy, think, I think I'm just going to relax too. I'm not going to think about anything. I'm going to disengage from Twitter. Uh, you let me know when you have a day on. Hey, listen to him. Listen to him. He's See like Carson now. You know, he only shows up on certain days of the week. Yeah. Talking about Johnny Carson? Yeah, you remember Carson yeah. there for the last couple of years? You know, Joan Rivers would host, you know, every Monday and every yeah. Friday or something. Exactly. Is that how you know when you've made it in life? When your standard work yes. week is a four day weekend? Yeah. If Richard wishes this is... show was in the morning. He'd like to get out and shoot eighteen. After after like a, if if we if we could take that gallows slot, he'd be all over it. But if we could like push it back an hour, like instead of six to nine, oh, if we could go be seven, seven to, 10, to ten. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you; I'd be in too. I would, I would be in for that. Yeah. So I'm just saying, when Mr. Gallo decides it's you know time to to retire, maybe we we switch things around. If, we start we the just, day. With what if we just swap? Maybe he's just tired of getting up early and having to go to bed at eight o'clock every night. Maybe maybe the afternoon politics. And... There is no way to. There's no way he's been doing that for so long in that spot. There's no way to retune his body. He he would he would be a wreck. Man, he's, that that he's first at, month, he's up at like he two a.m. No chance. I know. There's no chance. Like Richard, when you fill in for him, mm-hmm. I know that. You know, you like you you get up at like you know four o'clock or something, but you might go to bed at like I don't know, ten p.m. Right. To be perfectly honest. So the first couple of times, we're so far off the rails. That's fine. That's fine. We'll get to the college football fix. Right. So, so the first few times, like years ago, the fir- when I filled in for Paul, and I'd never done it before, I was scared is not the right word, but it was like, okay, this is new, and this is not what I do every day, and I got to have a lot of stuff. And so I stayed up late and got up early and drove to Jackson, you know, spent the night there at the Hilton, and I'm still up until midnight or whatever, and then was in the studio with a coat and tie on at like 4 a.m. because that's how I'd heard Paul does it. I've evolved a little bit. (laughs) 
I sleep later. I, I get up now at about five, actually, if I'm feeling it at four, between four forty-five and five. But I do still stay up late because I'll stay up until between eleven and twelve, kind of doing all the prep for that, and then get up early, and you know have time to grab coffee and a biscuit or something, and then come in. You can't do it on I, a consistent basis like that. I don't think. I mean, unless your body just gets used to four and a half or five hours of sleep. I don't know. Gross. <laughs> hey, Dad, not a fan. Not, not a, fan a fan of that idea. No. My, my normal routine for this time of year, nothing to do with, with Gallo's schedule, is about 11.30 or 12 to bed, and my alarm goes off at 6. So about six hours. Look, hey, Dad's yawning right now. I mean, he's already ready for the sack. time. Nah. What time do you go to bed at night, hey, Dad? Nah. Usually between 10 and 11, maybe a little later. What and time do you get, get up? up? At... You get about 7. Man needs is 7 hours. Yeah. Well, if it weren't for the long walks in the morning, you'd sleep a little, and having to do carpool, you'd sleep a little later, wouldn't you? No, I'm, I'm usually just up. That's, that's okay. when my wife is getting ready for work, and it wakes me up, and I, I go from there. There you go. Um, Sports Talk Mississippi, glad to be with you this afternoon. C Spire text line 601-879-4395. Dwayne and Brandon says, it makes me wonder if Will ever sleeps. Oh, yeah, I'm asleep. He's a vampire. Vampire. Uh, we, we are reminded that uh, Jay Leno was the permanent guest host those last two years. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I was back in second in my, grade, so I don't remember. Back in my TV news days, it was hard to close out the 10 p.m. news and then fill in for the morning live by 6 a.m. Yeah, that's a tough turnaround. Uh, I get five hours max for years. I'm a surgical first assistant, so more than Jesus is involved? What? I don't know. Well... Not quite sure. I didn't know we were going to go down that path, but, I, I, you know, okay. You guys are lightweights. I typically don't go to bed until midnight, and I'm up at 5 in the morning raring oh, to go. Oh, come on. Well, good for you. Yeah, that's uh, that's good stuff. Nobody's impressed. Whenever old people do that, like, I get up, and, well, like nobody cares. Nobody cares that you went to bed after watching Matlock. And 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 then woke up the next morning. Nobody cares. Yeah. Um. The uh, I will say that on days when I get up really early, you know, four thirty, mm-hmm. especially like traveling. So I got to go. You know, I've got a six o'clock flight in Memphis or a five forty-five flight out of Memphis, and I get up at like three. But you get to nine o'clock in the morning. You're like, I've been up for a long time. Yeah, it's nap time. I, I have accomplished a lot in uh, in yeah. that amount of time. Uh, hey, how about the college football fix? Let's do that. The college football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford tough. A defensive struggle early turned into a offensive second quarter. And it was all Roadrunners in the second half as the UTSA Roadrunners knocked off the Marshall Thundering Herd last night, 35-17.
in the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl. Hey, Dad. A couple of quarterbacks that you perhaps will recognize their last names. The Uh, starting quarterback last night for Marshall was a guy by the name of Cole Pennington. And the starting Mm -hmm. quarterback last night for UTSA was a guy by the name of Owen McCown. We are officially old. We are old people. We all we are old. I just saw that Devin Hester Jr. signed with somebody. I'm like, has he really been old enough? Is he really old enough to have a junior? But that, that's where we are. Did you also see the uh, celebratory uh, uh, pour there for this game? Yeah, we we you know these bowl games with their sponsors. You know, people dumping mayonnaise and dumping frosted flakes. Uh, 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 Coach Trailer, Jeff Trailer, got the celebratory coffee bath last night. Iced Not hot coffee. coffee. They didn't iced coffee. Iced coffee. They didn't. They didn't try to scald. That'd have been really funny, wouldn't it? Just like and here. His quote scratch. after the game was, "I can feel it running down the crack of my, you know what." <laughs> that is the most on-brand Jeff Trailer quote ever. He's just gonna tell you how it is. Um. Ugh. Frank Harris, uh, his game time decision did not play last night after seven years at UTSA. His eligibility has finally come to an end. Is it really seven years? Seven years in that program. Uh, McCown through for two. Seven years of college down the drain. Couple of touchdowns. That's your college football fix. Quick scoreboard update from the bowl. We got no bowl game tonight. What is wrong with this scheduling model? Boom! Give me postseason football and give it to me now. That's your college football fix, driven by four. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Lane Kiffin met with the media this afternoon to talk about National Signing Day and also bowl practices. Uh, had a bunch of that. There, there is a quote that is standing out. Will's got it for us. We'll get to it in just a second. Um, he asked about all the guys that were choosing to come back that were part of the existing roster and said, some kind of joke like it's the last dance. A lot of guys wouldn't have come back and just tried the draft, but they stayed. It's a product of a lot. They have a really cool culture and locker room. They recruited each other to come back, and most did. We also had very few kids who play get into the portal. They stay, and it's a credit to our coaches and players. And then, Will, he was asked about maybe a, a little bit of difference in philosophy in in-state recruiting this year, and he said this. Yeah, I don't really follow it that way, but I feel like it was the best in-state class of players or high-level players that since we've been here. Um, and certainly helps, you know, the different direction of the two state, two, you know, programs in state. So that, that always helps. Um, 
when one program is going one way and the other one's going the other. Oh. Okay. Hey, Dad, that is a, uh, what would I call that look on your face? Is that a, a smirk? A little side eye? Bemused. 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 Yeah. Um, is he just talking about the changes, or is he talking about on-field record? I mean, I, I, I guess if he's going on-field record, it's he's just being honest, but it's just a little yeah. sly, subtle, you can barely hear it dig. Oh, there's nothing sly nor subtle about it, in my opinion. That's, that's a dig. I mean, that's just the way it is. And Good! We had too much fun with the Leach and Kiffin stuff. That's got to go. we got to get back. To the you old didn't ways. like the kumbaya the between the head coaches. That's not that's not the way I like things. No, no. I I'm gonna make this egg bowl rivalry as toxic as possible. That's my that's my way of living. Is it um, is it gonna get spicy with Jeff Levy? I think so. I think so. I think there's a I I don't know I don't know their their relationship. Maybe as I get to know Levy a little bit better, I can get a better insight to it, but. I, I, I don't I don't think they're 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 as close as he and Leach were. I'll put it that way. No, 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 they're not. Of course, he he and Leach never had to coach on the same staff together either. True. I'm not sure that that would have been a great blend with the. I, I think coaches meetings and bar gatherings, yes. et cetera, were just enough for those two. <laughs> If if Leach were the head coach and Kiffin was the offensive coordinator, they'd be like, yeah. During the summer, there's no point in talking about offense. There's neither one of them are going to be there. <laughs> it's probably probably a good point. We got a message on the uh, the ceasefire text line as well, and somebody said, uh, "Oh goodness, what do you got?" Uh, oh, it was about T.J. Dudley. Uh, said, "Remember the uh, the linebacker that Ole Miss got from Clemson back at the in this past year? The NCAA just ruled him eligible." He was ruled eligible today or yesterday. Lane Kiffin addressed it. He said, T.J. Dudley can play in the Peach Bowl, so Ole Miss picks up a linebacker. That's neat for him. Yeah. I think it should have been that way anyway. They changed the rule once the rosters got smaller where you can't burn a red shirt in a bowl game. It doesn't count toward eligibility. It's a good ruling in that way. So this Ole Miss adds a player that they haven't Better had late than ever, huh? the first 12 yeah. games of the season. Uh, so, yeah. Jake says, any word on Walter Nolan? Not sure if we've covered that yet. Uh, yeah, no word. It's just, just hanging out there. How many days in a row have we been like, hey, that we think it might happen this afternoon? We've had Nolan watch on for like uh, four days, I believe. Going back to last week. And every time another school's name pops up, all those fans get worried. I suppose deservedly so. And then it turns out to be, eh, maybe not. Like, Georgia's name kind of popped up, and then the people that cover Georgia are like, eh, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Oregon popped up again. The people that, there's a guy that covers Oregon that just crystal balled Walter Nolan earlier today to Ole Miss. Texas A&M popped up, and they're like, eh, I don't know if that's uh, Texas A&M's really in this. So. There's one constant, right? Ole Miss seems to still be in it and seems to be very yeah, committed to the cause. Um, and it just feels like when, 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 when one school gets a recruiting 
gets that snowball going downhill, they just start picking guys up, man. And, and that's you know that's what Ole Miss has been doing throughout this process. Is when you get the first guy, you get that ball rolling, it, it, it's easy to pick up momentum sometimes. And then you combine that with you know what is an exciting program, the program that that you know has a lot of a buzz around it right now. That looks like it's going to be in contention for a college football playoff spot. It's a, it's a good sell. It's an easy sell. So did uh, did Lane Kiffin kind of get under your skin a little bit there? No. Okay. I think he got under this person's skin. Text message. So if Burnside, uh, Burnsides, I think is what we're going with there. So if Burnsides yeah, sure. or Hill goes to state, they have more top twenty state players. Then Ole Miss. Kiffin might be the biggest jerk ever. I mean, those are two separate statements. There should have been a period in there, you know. There was, there was no period. There were no capital letters. There were no proper tenses or anything else. Well, as as I told as I told Will during the break, uh, I, I I could hear I hear Kiffin say one thing, but I also hear there there's one program that's on the rise here, and I seem to recall that going badly. For, for the guy who said it. So, you know, sometimes a little humility is best. Who said it? Oh, uh, that was, Houston that was Dale a... Nutt said that. Uh, again, your encyclopedic and non-forgetful knowledge. Well, it's easy to remember because Mullen grabbed the mic after the Egg Bowl and threw it right back in his face. So you're saying Dan Mullen said it? I'm saying Houston Nutt said it first, and then Dan Mullen said it after. Yeah. Okay. He took he took a dig at him, and it was neither sly nor subtle. Ceasefire text line. Put hate at an old Miss gear. <laughs> um, Jans and Purcell don't come through for me. I'm, I might be in that kind of gear. That uh, those messengers are coming more and more on the regular. Oh, is this a state fan saying that? What did I say? Uh, I'm assuming. Oh, it's that same guy. It's that same guy. It's it's, it's that's it's that it's not. Yeah, it's the same guy. Okay. Just sitting here telling you that Kiffin didn't get under my skin, and remembering Dan Mullen humiliating Ole Miss somehow that made me a rebel. Okay. Put yourself Will, do you in the hole. Is what, I, what I'm hearing. Didn't get yeah. under his skin. Kiffin got under his skin. I saw him roll his eyes when I mentioned oh, it. Oh man! The, I mean, the, he, that's he, not, yes, yes, the he did. Facial yes, reaction was that's not was that's not too. under my skin. You did. That's just too, like Brian, oh my hey, god, Dad. these freaking people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like somebody offered him Pepsi uh, at a at a restaurant. You know, he rolled his eyes and said, uh, "I would roll my eyes. I would roll my eyes at that." What's wrong with y'all? Pepsi. I don't even roll my eyes. If somebody's like, uh, I'm sorry, all we've got is Pepsi products, I just stare at them. Like, I just look, I, I just stare at them. Don't say anything, just stare all, at them. All I've got is Canadian money. What do you want? <laughs> goodness. Oh, goodness. Um, see, David says we need a live call-in hour. Oh, God, no. Some days that might be fun. Some, uh, some of it might... Uh, a, a reminder, you, you seem to have selective memory about things that were said by coaches. Uh, a reminder, was it I don't have selective Mullen, memory. I wasn't Mullen recall. the one that said he'd never lose, or he wouldn't sleep until, uh, never lose to Ole Miss again, and then followed it up with wouldn't sleep until they beat won this game or something? He went a year without sleep. I heard about it. 
He was he was a wreck by the middle of November. <laughs> Just kept strange brewing business. Somebody wants to know what your burner account is on the Ole Miss message boards. <laughs> uh, the one time I had one, in case they were able to, to trace my IP back to Starkville, I made it. I made it Caltown Reb. Ooh, there you go. Oh. We got uh, scriptural text message as well. Kiffin needs to read Matthew 6. The whole chapter? I say, is there a particular part of Matthew 6 that uh, you're referring to? Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. Yeah, but isn't this the point where when a guy tells Kiffin that he needs to read Matthew 6, somebody else should tell that guy that he needs to read Matthew 7? And not judge others. And so it goes. And so it gets what you wanted, hey dad. It's what you said you wanted. Let's go. The problem is half an hour from now, Lane Kiffin's gonna tweet something that makes you laugh, and you're like, I wanna hate him so bad, I just can't. Let's talk Mississippi. <laughs> On Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, Dad, I put you on the spot here. I don't know if you have this information in front of you or not. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Of the guys at Mississippi State signed today, you got any idea on early enrollees? I don't. I don't. I, I believe Van Buren is. I believe J.J. Harrell is. I think Hibbler is. Um, but I'm not, And I think the, all the JUCO guys are. But I'm not 100% sure on that. Okay. So we're talking about guys that will be in school in January or go through spring ball. I think it's especially important when you talk about JUCO players being able to enroll for the spring semester, excuse me, spring semester, go through spring ball, especially with the new coaching staff in place. Uh, here's the list of guys for Ole Miss that are early enrollees, and credit to Chase Parham at Rebel Grove for this. Cedric Beavers. Cam Clark, Raymond Collins, William Eccles, Jude Foster, Cam Franklin, Dylan Hip, Andy Jaffe, Anthony Robinson, Jeffrey Rush, Noreal White, and Marquise Willis. That's a pretty big group of uh, early enrollees. And those guys on the defensive line that we uh, talked about early, it's like uh, three of them. So, so Beavers and Eccles and Franklin... And rush all four early enrollees, so that's becoming more the the standard, right? The, to be an early enrollee, it's not, and now if you, if you're a a high school player and, and you can't get there until summer, I mean you are behind the eight ball. You are we talked earlier about wanting to play early and trying to engage guys early. If they don't get there until the summer, it's almost impossible for them to be ready to play in in, in you know three months. Whereas somebody who gets there in January and spends you know all those months in the strength and conditioning program gets the spring practice in, they have a much better shot of seeing the field as a freshman. And it it felt like a few years ago we would lead the show with okay, what are the recruiting rankings? Yeah. And I guess they still matter, but man, they matter less than they used to because it just doesn't tell the entire story. But if you are curious, 
Uh, these are from On3. Number one overall. On3 is Georgia. that new website I keep talking about. Yeah, I've heard of it. Uh, Georgia Bulldogs, number one. Shocking. Got that today when K.J. Bolden flipped to them from Florida State. That, 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 that was like the... Uh, the last bit of electoral vote it, they needed to uh to 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 them to call the election, and doesn't it doesn't it feel like for Florida State had a good class? I mean, they had the sixth ranked class in the country, but they took some hits today, though. Yeah, and it's kind of like the hits keep on coming. Uh, so yeah, yeah, um, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Georgia one, Alabama two, Ohio State three, Texas four, Oregon five. Did you see the uh, video of uh, Ryan Day? when they announced that the number one player in the country, Jeremiah Smith, had committed to Ohio State? Mm-mm. You didn't see it? Oh, it's, it's really, really funny. It, w- it would be similar to if somebody told you, like, let's, I don't know how much oh, money that, he you was owe already in, in the house, middle of his but, press conference, and, and like, somebody yeah, came up and whispered to him. And it's like, it's, it's done, and, and, and you see immediately, he's like, seriously? <sighs> I mean, just the relief of knowing just it was relief. done. I remember um, State did a video like that a few years back when Simmons committed to State, and they they had David Turner. And I mean, it's just like the weight of the world has been lifted from their shoulders at that moment. It's it's it's, it's it, it really does remind you about these coaches. I mean, it's a high I, they get paid a lot of money. I don't I don't feel sorry for them. Don't don't, don't get that wrong. But there's stress. There's a lot of stress. Ole Miss currently at number nineteen. In the um, recruiting class rankings with 21 total signees, that's uh, eight four-stars and 13 three-stars. Mississippi State currently at number 29 with three four-stars and 17 three-stars, 22 total commitments. I'm sorry, 22 total signees in this this class today. Let's go back and and, kind of do the highlights um, as well. So... J.J. Harrell, you said earlier he's he was kind of the leader through much of yeah. this process. Yeah, every class has that kid, right, that, that becomes that. And it's kind of surprising because when Harrell committed, you know, knowing wide receivers, you know, they can, they can be a little little drama every now and then. I thought that that was going to be a, a recruitment that was up and down. You might see him commit and decommit. And this is a guy, you know, he didn't even put out, you know, sometimes those kids put out the tweets with the uh, – the emoji, the thinking emoji. They take their stuff off of Twitter. They take their stuff off of Instagram. Yeah, none of that. This guy, even when Arnett was fired, remained locked in with Mississippi State. And uh, you know, I credit Chad Bumpus for for all, for a lot of that. He built a great relationship with him, and, and he became the guy who helped pull the rope to bring some other guys into this class. And, and from what you're reading on Twitter, he's not done pulling yet. There's still a couple of guys he'd like to get in there. All right, instead of me reading all the names of the, the signees today, because I, I know that's not great radio, you give me three or four that, that really stand out for you. Yeah, sure. Uh, you just mentioned Harrell. I, I think of, of the high school guys, he has the, the biggest opportunity to come in and compete to, for playing time right off the bat. Uh, anytime you get a quarterback, a, a good quarterback, that's a good deal. Michael Van Buren, his recruitment, the timeline of his recruitment for Mississippi State is so interesting. Uh, because it goes from Levy hired to Van Buren decommits from Oregon to Van Buren visits Mississippi State to Van Buren is committed to Mississippi State in about a 10-day span. Uh, he clearly had a great relationship with Jeff Levy, but for whatever reason didn't want to play for him at Oklahoma. But now that Levy has his own job here in Starville, he, he wanted that one. 
Uh, Terrence Hibbler is a guy I think might, one of the state's most underrated prospects. He had 23 sacks as, as a senior this year at Holmes County for that great team. That, that's a team that has a lot of D1 talent on it. Um, and to only be like a high three-star, I found that kind of odd. I thought he was he, he should have been in the same group with, with, with Franklin, Beavers, Rush, and those guys. I think he's, he's definitely a four-star player. And then I, I mentioned earlier the guy I think – has the best chance to come in and be a starter out of this class is the junior college running back Johnny Daniels uh, from Colin. He's the nation's number one JUCO running back. Uh, State's running back room. They they need a star in there. They need somebody to come in and 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 be that guy in this offense. Uh, you know we've talked so much about Levy and and Kiffin too about their, the misconception of their offense is that it's it's all about the deep passing. These are like Kiffin has led the league in rushing almost every year he's been at Ole Miss. Kip, and when Levy was there, they led the league in rushing. You know, with guys like Parrish and 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 Ely and Snoop Connor. So State needs some guys to show up in that running back room, and Johnny Daniels is going to have a big crack at that uh, early on. You know, on the Ole Miss side of things, um, I think you have to start with Cam Franklin, uh, who is a consensus top three player in the state of Mississippi, three of or two of the, the four services on three and rivals have him ranked as the number one player in the state. ESPN has him at two and 24-7 has him at three. I mean, hey Dad, Ole Miss's Ole Miss's defensive line this year was pretty good. Right? They 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 got good mm-hmm. play up front, better than um better than I think most expected. But the depth that they have added at that particular position group through the portal and this group, I do not I, I don't remember a time that the old Miss defensive line room looked like this. I I, I just it's, don't it's, it's really good and it could be go go to great if Walter Nolan uh comes through and, and goes to, to to Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean you're you're talking about the return of, of Jared Ivey, the return of JJ Pegues um, the addition of Uami Ellen from, from Florida, Princely Uami Ellen, uh, adding the, the Baron kid from Tennessee. And then you go Cam Franklin and William Eccles and Cam Beavers and Jeffrey Rush. It's a really talented group of defensive linemen. Four of those, though, you got no idea because you hadn't seen them, seen them on a college football field. I mean, great in high school, expected to be good, but expecting that to be right away is, is a little bit different story. I think the Deion Smith deal is big as well. Because when you think about the receiver group for Ole Miss, Trey Smith returns, Jordan Watkins returns, Aiden Williams played a little bit this year. I know Priest Corn's not a wide receiver. He's a tight end and, and really instrumental in the running game. And then you add Juice Wells and you add Deion Smith. I mean, that's... That's the term really is embarrassment of riches. I mean, you got that's as good a group as there is in the country. There's just no getting around that. And it changes what teams can do with Trey Smith. Mm-hmm. Like they can't focus on him, just him anymore. Trey Harris. I'm sorry, Trey Harris. I know you think I suck at the recruiting thing. I just messed up the last name. Well, I mean, that's not even. I mean, you just combine Trey Harris and Deion Smith into a super receiver. At least it wasn't the head coach. Like a Megatron kind of thing. <laughs> oh, did you hear that? Did uh, you hear that? <laughs> Outstown population, you bro. <laughs> <laughs> Almost got still had some pieces on the offensive line. Yes.
And that's so, I mean, we've got another another month, another, you know, two, three weeks of kids going into the portal. They'll find somebody. No question. Uh, Ole Miss has really staggered out its announcements in the transfer portal, and some of that is based on when they've gotten them, and some of it has been intentional. If they get an, an announcement in the next day or two from Walter Dolan, and then take a little break for Christmas, and then they stagger the announcements of Jackson Dart and Quinshawn Judkins leading into the bowl game, there's some strategy behind this and the whole announcement yeah. thing. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll wrap it up with you coming up next right here in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Last time with you, for us, on this Wednesday afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studio at Sports Talk Mississippi. But don't worry, hey dad's not done, because thunder and lightning on the radio is coming up next with his good friend, Will, did you re- Chad Bumpus. Will, did you remind him? As a guest Will, to you talk Mississippi State. He did not. He did not. Mm. Chad Bumpus will be Mr. Haydad's guest. It's amazing what happens when you look at Twitter. Sometimes you see things. You look at Twitter? I thought that was the safest place in the world to put information from you. Occasionally I do. Uh, Mr. East, would you remind people what is coming up on the 24th of December, starting at 1 o'clock right here on Super Talk Mississippi? It's a Mississippi Christmas with our friend Steve Azar. I call him Stevan Azar. Because one time he was singing the national anthem at Lambeau Field, and the the guy gets up there to introduce him, and he says, in front of all of Lambeau Field, you know, the Packers, he says, and now to sing the national anthem, Stefan Azar. So uh, that's what I call him every time. But yes, uh, Mississippi Christmas with Steve Azar starting on the 24th, uh, Christmas Eve, at 1 p.m., and it goes all the way until 6 p.m. on Christmas Day, and I am about a third of the way through done with it so is it going to be a catfish christmas it's going to be a catfish christmas with jalapenos <clears throat> mississippi christmas with steven uh, stefan azar stefan azar steve azar is brought Stephane to you by azar. farm families of mississippi look steve's still the uh number one rated best looking lebanese man in the state of mississippi <laughs> still still got me beat mm. but but you're trending i'm trending I got I got I got a lot of work to do to catch up to him though. <laughs> if you find anybody yourself... who can play a guitar, automatically better looking than just about anyone else nowadays. It's true, it is. If you find yourself in the precarious predicament of having not bought a Christmas present yet for somebody in your life that you need to, I have a solution. Genteel, it'll be hard to order now. You passed all the guaranteed to get it by Christmas deadlines. Those ended yesterday. But the good news is that you can shop local all over the state of Mississippi, and you can find Genteel at men's clothing stores, including Harry Meyer in Meridian, Landry's in Oxford, S.F. Aldman in Gulfport, Smith & Company in Greenwood, Steve's on the Square in Philadelphia, Reed's in Starkville, Randy Price & Company in Hattiesburg, 
Oh, goodness, they're all over the place. Kincaid's in, in Richland. Look, go to their website, genteelapparel.com. You can click on the link to find out all the locations where they sell in Mississippi. Give the gift of Genteel. And uh, I promise you the person receiving that gift will love it. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Hey, Dad, a 30-second uh, or less summation of the last month leading up to this day for Mississippi State football. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Oh, yeah? I think they I think they're okay. Program feels like it's stabilizing a little bit. But I think they'll do well in the second round of the portal here. Uh, and then from a high school perspective, if they're able to get Burnside and Hill into the boat, that's a top twenty five class that was a top fifty class when Levy got here. So I think they've done they've done a good job. I got not that I don't have some questions about what they're doing coaching staff wise and defensively right now, but they'll they'll continue to have to work on that. Yeah. And probably over the course of the next couple of years, Jeff Levy would like to upgrade the overall talent and maybe change the profile of some of the guys that they're bringing in, but not in terms of high school. I think they did pretty well with the, the high school stuff today. It was The a, high school was class a, is fine, yeah. The, the high school class looked like most Mississippi State recruiting classes for the last decade. The, the only thing that's different is most of the highly rated guys for State are on the offensive side the of the ball. Usually that would be the other side. way around. Yeah. Yeah, but that's sort of the new normal with Mississippi State and Jeff Levy. Will, how would you describe the last month for Ole Miss from a recruiting standpoint leading to this day in 30 seconds or less? Uh, they are stacking the deck, right? Defensive line, I mean, just solid across the board. That William Eccles kid from – I'm from Chickasaw County. I'll be there for Christmas. Uh, everybody raves about that kid. Apparently he's a really good kid uh, and – I think he's, you know, a couple sites have him as the number one player in the state. I, I think he's one of those rare athletic kids because you know he played on the offensive line a lot. Uh, some I think some places were recruiting him on the offensive line, but and time's up. That was thirty seconds. Well, I get thirty seconds too. They've been on a heater. Don't let it stop. It's been a heck of a run for for Ole Miss athletics. Kind of going like Thanksgiving Day forward. Um, been a lot of winning. And uh, my guess is it won't last forever. <laughs> it never does. It, it doesn't seem to work it that way, regardless does. regardless of the primary color in your closet. You enjoy things while you have them. To la- Isn't that great advice? Isn't it great advice? Live in the moment and enjoy the heck of it while it's good, because it may not always be. Uh, Thunder and Lightning on the radio coming up next. We're going to do our PTG fishy line tomorrow. We needed a little bit more to work with because we didn't have a college bowl game tonight. we got more coming up. We'll be closer to the NFL weekend as well. For Brian Haydad and Will East, I'm Richard Cross. Enjoy your Wednesday evening. Good night.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.